at Strictly Baseball. I'm Jacob Brown, joined here by Steve Cashin and Rory Tedimer. Steve is back. Uh, we haven't had him on for a few months, but he had to come back for playoff time. Uh, his Rays are in. Rory's Phillies are in. My Yankees are in. We, we can never have CJ on these because the Marlins just never get in. So we finally have full participation here on the Strictly Baseball pod. Uh, first off, we'll start with uh, Steve. It's been a while, man. How you doing? Razor in. I mean, we didn't think we, we were questioning it before the season, but they're in. Yeah, they're back. Uh, you know, it's been a struggle all year. I mean, been beaten up and battered around. Um, can't say I watched a ton of Rays baseball consistently all year, but kept up with it. And, uh, you know, they're back in the playoffs for the fourth year in a row, um, which is nice. But uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, if the hitting can come alive, then uh, – We'll be right back, you know, where they were a couple years ago, hoping to make a deep run and, uh, you know, pull off an upset against the Yankees again. And, uh, you know, we'll be well on our way. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm genuinely – I don't want to play them. I really don't. I mean, I, I like Cleveland actually more than the Rays, and I still don't want to play Tampa. They, they don't play well in Tampa. Uh, I went there this year for a blowout. It was dreadful. I hated being there every second, but, like, Let's jump out at that at that ALD. Well, actually, first, I mean, Rory, we were stressing for weeks. I mean, week to week, every pod, you were rooting for the third seed wild card, but I don't think you knew how stressful it would be to get it, but you got it. Yeah, no, I was hoping the uh, Brewers would fade off a little more, uh, and they, they kept it tight. They kept it tight for sure, but in the end, we got what I wanted. I think I called it like three weeks out that I wanted the third seed to play the Cardinals. Uh, I got what I wanted, and I think uh, the Phillies are in are in a great position to make an upset. If you look at MLB Network right now, you look at ESPN, Phillies get absolutely no airtime, and they're not even really given a chance. Uh, and I, we were talking off off this podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about it later, but I I think they have the greatest chance to pull off an upset against the Cardinals. No, and I'm with you. I mean, we were we'll talk about it later, but you're right. I mean. My general point about it is if you're the Cardinals and you can't give me a game one starter that I can depend on for six innings, that's scaring me. So, you know, Nola Wheeler, I'm much more confident in that. But uh, for me personally, I mean, to end the season with uh, Judge hitting 62, it was a bit nerve-wracking at the end, but he did do it. And uh, I, I, I don't care about the record stuff. You know, it, it was funny because I saw Dave Portnoy came on and he's tweeting, you know, Judge hits an absolute meatball for a home run. This is a – Blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me, man? I mean, first of all, every home run is basically has to be a meatball pitch or some sort of mistake. Uh, and number two, if it was a meatball, Barry Bonds cheated and the whole thing was it was a farce anyway. So I'm not going to go there. I mean, respect to Barry Bonds, whatever. Uh, but it's just the only thing I'll say about the record is that it dumbfounds me how many people are so quick to just be like, Bonds got the record. It's his name in the record book. Like, and they just don't care about this. The steroids don't mean anything anymore all this time later. And to me, that means something. Like, at least I can look at Aaron Judge and say, he did it clean. I know that for a fact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think what he did was impressive this year. I mean, obviously the last 10 games there, they had a, he had a stretch where he was struggling. I think all the pressure is mounting there at the end where, you know, he's trying to get to 62 um you know really he wasn't really throwing pitches you know he wasn't giving pitches to hit he's taking his walks which at the end of the day hey it's fine but i mean I, he had a great approach to plate all all year long i mean he was hitting the ball the other way um i mean you can't say much about him he's playing for a contract and you know he, he played really good defensively uh did everything he could at the plate and I think he was uh, – he's the MVP for me. Uh, I think um, this year uh, I would say I would give it to Otani, but I think what Judge did in the contract year with all the pressure mounting, I think, you know, um, I think Judge is going to be, you know, the MVP of the league. And, I mean, at least AL that would be, um, you know. But can't say much about the guy. Hopefully he comes back and he's in pinstripes next year. But um, we'll see what happens here in the offseason. You know, maybe rides off in the sunset and the Yankees – you know, gets the World Series and gets the Promised Land finally. You know, we'll see in the predictions here what I where I have y'all going. Yeah, you you don't hope he stays in pinstripes. He'll go to Boston. Yeah. Oh no, no, that never. It's either the Mets or the Giants if he's leaving. Ew! If he goes to the Mets, I'll be so upset. <laughs> you'll have to deal with him. I'll be so upset. 
<laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no, tremendous season. And uh, and Rory, you're a war guy. Uh, Judge had a better war than Otani, and that includes Otani's pitching. So I mean, like like that tells you how incredible the season was, even for the war people. But uh, yeah, okay, let's get into the Rays and Guardians ALDS. That's the first game on the schedule tomorrow, at twelve o'clock, uh, right in the middle of your work shift, Steve. So uh, that's nice. But game one, McClanahan against Bieber in Cleveland. All and and one thing about this wild card series that I don't like: all three games that the home field for game one, it's the home field for all three games. I don't like that. But logistically, there's really no way to do it uh, other than that. So just the way it's got to be, if we didn't want the one-game playoff, we had to do this, and we wanted expansion too. I'm mainly in approval of this format. But Rays Guardians, I look at it this way. Cleveland is a very underrated team because they played in the American League Central. A lot of people want to think, oh, you know, Tito, let's not give him as much credit. He played the Royals and the, and the, uh, the White Sox when they were struggling. The Twins had a terrible second half, all that. Their pitching is deep. You can go three deep in that rotation with Bieber, McKenzie, McKenzie Day, Rory, uh, we know that, and Cal Quantrill has won 14 straight games at home. Uh, So if if he's getting the ball game three, that scares me a little bit if I'm Tampa, 14 straight at home. Uh, You have Classe in the ninth who's lights out. It's him and Diaz, and I was going through relievers today, making my top tens to finish the year. There's like five premier relievers, maybe four, and that's it. Like, and and Classe is one of them. So you, you have to, you cannot be down going into the ninth or the game's over. And the Rays have enough problems offensively as it is. A Rosarena had a great year. Franco was swinging it to end the year. But other than that, it, it's going to be as usual. I mean, we've been through this every year. Who's it going to be? I mean, Yandy Diaz had a tremendous season as well. I don't want to forget him, but. You, you know, I love the Rays pitching, too. You know, McClanahan, great season. Tyler Glass now is back. Drew Rasmussen had a great season. Jeffrey Sprint. And not like the Rays don't have people. And then they're 18 bullpen pitchers as well. But this is in Cleveland. I just feel like Cleveland's got this series. But it's going to be tight in three games. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's going to be – it'll be a fight. Um, you know, I think they're going to be really tightly contested games. I mean, if you watched – anyone kept track of the last series the, the Rays and Indians played last week, uh, every game we went to extra innings. It was a one-run ball game to decide every game. Uh, both, both first two games were 2-1. to one. And the final game, I think Cleveland edged the Rays 3-1 uh, to one in the final game. Uh, but the first two did go to extra innings. Um, so – Really showed you, you know, where where both teams stand, uh, and with their rotations, uh, with their back ends of their bullpen. Um, I think, you know, in terms of depth, you know, with hitting, I think the Indians do have the edge there. Um, you know, with the top half of their lineup, they can they can make you pay. Um, you know, you look at Ramirez there in the four hole. Um, you know, they have this guy Stephen Kwan, who I haven't heard of before. Guys. Oh, he's- a trim- <laughs> He's a tremendous leadoff hitter. The guy gets on base, he steals bases, he gets on, he gets over, he does his job, and he finds a way to score runs. Um, so you look at, I think, in this matchup, you're going to look at, you know, who has the depth hitting. And I think right now you look at the Indians, they have the edge there. Um, the Rays do have their weapons in the backside. Um, you know, in their bullpen, they have tremendous starters. But it's going to be, are the bats going to be there? I mean, that happened last season against the Red Sox. The bats went dormant, and the Red Sox made them pay. So is that theme going to continue? We'll have to find out. But they do have two guns going out in game one and game two, Shane McClanahan and Tyler Glass now. Um, how far Glass now goes in game two, we'll see. But, um, you know, they have uh, a tough task to handle with Shane Bieber um, in, in the first game. So I think tomorrow's a big tone setter for, for the series. You know, it's a short one. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens um, here starting tomorrow. Before you go, Rory, you say – Indians one more time, I, we might get canceled. So you, you might want to hold back on that. <laughs> yeah, the Guardians. Uh, Guardians. This is this is close. This is really close. Uh, I don't. There's. This has got to be some of the best pitching matchups in the wild card round. I mean, McKenzie versus Glass now is an unbelievable two uh, game two, and then, so you got to assume Glass now. You're trying to get five out of them. And then what are you going to throw Springs and Rasmussen or Rasmussen and then hope one of them can carry that rest of that game and then, you know, go whoever 
So you get there, game three is whoever you didn't use. Would you say that? Uh, I, I think you broke up there. What'd you say? Sorry. Uh, Sorry. You're hoping glass now goes five, right? In yeah. Game two, and absolutely. then if you have to piggyback him, it'd be Rasmussen or Jeffrey Springs coming off. Uh, and then whoever is after that, you throw game three, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, that's kind of the biggest question mark I think going into the series for the race. I think is who's going to come in behind Glasnow. He's not going six or seven. I think at most you get out of him is I think I would say you're banking on four innings, and if you can stretch him, great. But you know you're still concerned about that that pitch count, uh, that innings limit that they're going to have him on. And then who do you go with? Do you go with Springs and go lefty lefty matchups? Um, depends on how. You know, the Guardians go with their approach. If they go with more predominantly right-handed batters to start this series, um, the Rays do have a lot of left-handed pitching um, with starter and in their relief. So uh, I think in game two, it's going to be really uh, – I think it's going to be critical to see who's going to come in. Um, and if they can push to three, who's going to be that game three starter? I think you go with Rasmussen. I, I really do. I think he gives you depth. And you still have Corey Kluber. If he makes, if, if he makes it out there – you also have him to throw in there. Um, but he has his moments, and I don't know if I trust him so much in the, uh, on the backside of a game uh, deciding a series. So we'll see. Definitely uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. It'd be a revenge game for Kluber, too. I mean, I, I know he just – I think last week he played off against them, and uh, he did not do too well. I know he wasn't fantasy-worthy. So, uh, yeah, no, that, that'd be interesting. It's a good series. I wasn't even like – to looking at this series that much, obviously, but uh, it being in the AL, but uh, that's a good series right there. I think that's one of my favorites. Yeah, we shall see. I mean, I, I think the Rays win it in two. If we're being completely honest, uh, oh, yeah. I think I think what what we have seen here in the the last week, the Rays boxed it up and just threw a bunch of bums out there on the mound. You had Poche. Who's hurt now? Grace of God, he got hurt. And now you have uh, Josh Fleming, who was out there yesterday. And I, I think I think the Rays could take it in two. But if we're being real, yeah, the Rays in two. I'm still sticking them. I'm holding them to my guns. I think they can get it done and and move on to New York. But I think this will be a tight – it is going to be a tight series. I really think both games, um, two or three, wherever it goes – I think each game is going to be tightly contested. It's going to be uh, – I think starting pitchers are going to have a short leash. I think, you know, you look at analytics nowadays, uh, you know, I think if someone gets in trouble, especially since it's a three-game series, you know, guys are going to get in trouble. They're going to pull them right away. I think – I don't think they let them, let them go too far, but um, we'll see. I mean, we know how the Rays have been uh, with Kevin Cash and, and pulling their guys, you know, when they're dealing and they get into some trouble. We will see flashbacks to uh the world series in 20 yeah i remember that the the the, uh the opening round with three game sets with the way he played that too but what's your prediction roy i think it's gonna have to go three i think it's gonna have to go three i'm gonna say that mcclanahan gets the best of the guardians uh tristan mckenzie saves the day there's no doubt about it and then uh and then i think I don't have trust in Cal Quantrill. I mean, he was a waiver wire guy for pretty much every single year I've played fantasy baseball until this year. So he's one of those guys that's kind of just going about right now. I think the Rays, I'm going to have to say the Rays. Wow. I'm loner on the Guardians. Wow. It's more because I don't want to play the Rays. I really don't. If the Rays advance and can beat that pitching, I'm scared. Like if they, if they can eke out that, that that's, I'm scared. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on to the uh, the next series now that starts at two o'clock tomorrow on ABC. Like there, all the I think there's one ABC game in three days. Just so weird. Uh, but Phillies at Cardinals. That's when it starts. Zach Wheeler against Jose Quintana. Game one. We alluded to it. I mean, I said if I can't look at a game one starter and say you're going to give me six, I don't. I don't want you as my game one starter. You're like a game two, maybe Quintana, uh, not an ace. And their outfield's injured in St. Louis. O'Neill, first of all, didn't have a good season, and he's injured. Dylan Carlton's injured. They traded Bader in his defense. And who's their outfield? Newt Barr and 
right? Like, I mean, what are we doing out here? So we got that going on in the outfield. Uh, Pujols is insane. I mean, the one thing going for the Cardinals is the vibes. It's the vibes of Pujols doing what he did, sending off the three potent. I mean, I don't want to call three of them Hall of Famers, but, you know, two for sure probably, uh, and maybe three of, of Wayne Oyadi and Pujols. But, I, I, I mean, every year I go in and we pick the Cardinal. You know, we, we do our predictions at the beginning of the season, and uh, which actually I'm going to fucking – we, we got to talk about that. Me and Steve did our predictions at the beginning of the year. We were kind of off, kind of good on it. We'll, we'll go with that at the end. But uh, every year at the beginning, I'm like, the Cardinals don't have anything. I don't like the Cardinals, and they always make it. But they're going to be stopped here by the Philly. You're going Wheeler, Nola, 1-2. They could both go seven and give up one run against a team with – Goldschmidt and Arenado and Pujols raking, and that's about it. Edmund doesn't scare me. I, I can't even think of another name. Phillies, I, I see Phillies in two. Yeah, I'm not throwing. I'm not throwing Albert Pujols a single curveball. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's getting all heaters, and he's, he's, he's gonna have to catch it. If he can catch it, so good, good, good on him. But he's getting all heaters, no doubt about it. Uh, that's the thing. Wheeler and Nola are just clear favorites. They got to be clear favorites in those pitching matchups. Uh, the hitting, the hitting is honestly, I think we're going to come alive. I think we're going to come alive. Arenado and Goldschmidt, great. They're phenomenal. Arenado's like 270 against Nola and Wheeler. And then uh, Goldschmidt's like, I think I saw he was like 200, uh, maybe even 180. Uh I think the hitting comes alive here. I think we're going to see it in game one where we're going to put up like a lot and uh, maybe, maybe not a lot, a lot, but we're going to at least going to like show that we can hit here. And uh, it's just, there's no more pressure on actually making the playoffs for them. Now they can kind of just have fun and, uh, you know, kind of just put the city on their back and try and get a home game, which they haven't seen in a while. And obviously all the fans want. So uh, I, I think it's a clear – no one's talking about it. No one's talking about the Phillies on all these national television shows. Uh, but the Phillies, I think, they've got to be clear. It's, it's clear that they're going to win. Maybe it goes three. But there's there's no doubt in my mind that I think they win. Yeah, no, I think this could be a – this is an interesting series. I think, you know, you have a lot of – story. It's a, it's a series of storylines, I think. You know, you have Pujols, Wainwright. You know, Molina, you know, are, is this, this going to be the last ride here? Are the Phillies going to, you know, keep, keep, you know, leaning off this, you know, late season push that they had, you know, holding on, um, you know, it was scary there for a little bit. I texted Jacob. I was like, you know, are the Phillies doing the, you know, another collapse. And I'm like, just because I was high on the Phillies early on in the year. I was high on them last year. And I was like, you know, they're going to break out of the show. They're going to finally produce. They're going to get the runs. They're going to get the back end bullpen helping. Sure enough, as the season goes along, you're like, okay, here we go again. You know, this is it's been a constant thing in the last five, six years, and you know, finally, you know, now they get their chance. Now it's it everything that happened during the season, it, it's all gone. It's clean slate now. Um, I think the Phillies do win this um, in three games. Um, I think it's going to be tight. I think St. Louis takes game one. Um, I think the Phillies bounce back and uh, and take the next two. I really do. I, I think it's going to be – I just think the Phillies have enough pitching and enough depth there. Um, I think they're, they're riding a – I think they have a sneaky good team. You know, they can score a lot of runs. Um, they can score in bunches. And, I, and I, I've been saying it for years, too, the Cardinals don't have enough production, you know, when it matters. Um, you know, they're a calm, cool, collected team. I think during the season they rode – they had a bad first half, but, you know, they figured it out. They, they – they, they got the pitching at the end, and you know they they rode it to the end there. So um, I think the Phillies do get it done, um, and they move on, and they'll face the Braves, and I think that'll be a, a great series in itself. But um, you know, I I'm just not going to count a Phillies team out that's going to that it has been overlooked. Um, I I was a proponent of that. I thought they were going to fall off, and they're not going to make it. The Brewers are going to catch them, but you know. They have a steady lineup. I think Bryce Harper is going to show up, you know, in, in the postseason here. I think he's been waiting for this moment, um, you know, in a Phillies uniform. And, you know, I think they, the, they've got a solid one through seven lineup and they can turn that over um, and get that, that backside of production. I think they'll be in great shape. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, JT Romuto had his best season since he had a better season than 2019, which in of itself for a catcher was phenomenal, that 2019 season. <clears throat> 
He has double the steals than he did that year. His advanced stats, the Wobo, the way to drunk creative plus are way above from 2019. His best season is a Philly. So for me, having that defense behind the plate is important. Having Stott at shortstop is important. Uh, I, Didi was terrible defensively. And in center field, the fact that they upgraded with Marsh, because the thing with the Phillies is their defense is not that great. Castellanos is a negative defender DRS-wise. Schwarber is a negative defender, negative 14 DRS in left field. Uh, so you need defense at the key up the middle positions. And at least you have that with JT Stott and Marsh. And, and so, fine, Schwarber might struggle a little bit. Take him out in the eighth or ninth inning for Veerling and, and switch it around. Or Castellanos out. These are three-game sets. And when you have a team in St. Louis where essentially everyone is a plus defender, they're always one of the best defensive teams. In a three-game set, an error changes the whole thing. So th this is defense is a big factor here too. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about an error changes the whole thing, that Brewers-Nationals game that where that ball goes under the right fielder's glove and Nationals all of a sudden win the wild card round and go all the way down to win the World Series. So, I mean, uh, yeah, in these short game series, the defense is everything, and I think that is where the Phillies would lack. I think the Phillies would definitely lack defensively. But uh, So Harper I, can't play the field? They're not doing it? Yeah, he got torn UCL. Man. Yeah, no, he uh, he cannot play. I, there's no shot. But um, he is not even hitting well right now. I think no, I think Steve, I think Steve's right on target. He's going to come alive in these playoffs. And I honestly think Castellanos comes alive too. I mean, imagine imagine you all of a sudden have Castellanos and Harper <laughs> hot. Like, uh, come on now. That's, that's scary. Uh, that's very, very scary. But there's, a, I mean, Wheel. I cannot believe you said Phillies lose game one. If Wheeler loses game one, I'll be shitting my pants. I will. I will be, be up, up. I I think I don't know. I just think they'll be they'll be fine. I I, I just think that the Phillies can get to the Cardinals pitching a lot better than I think the than the Cardinals can get to the Phillies pitching on on the on the contrary. Um, I, I just don't really trust Wainwright. I, I mean, I think. He, he's had a great, phenomenal season. You know, he's pitched well when he's had to. Um, but he's I, I feel like if you work him and you get him make him work in a deep counts and you get him get put him in uncomfortable situations. And I think the Phillies can do a great job of that, work their counts, move guys over, get him in scoring position, get ahead early, and I, I think they have a chance. But um, you know, Miklas had a good season as well, but I, I feel like he's He's got some stuff that that's hittable. His secondary stuff is all right. Um, you know, he's he can mix in that changeup, but uh, I just think you know he doesn't have that dominant stuff that I think he can overpower that Phillies offense. I just think I, I trust I trust Phillies offense more than I do with St. Louis, and I think they with the power they have up front matches up well against St. Louis. I know they had a stronger run differential, you know, going towards the end of the year here, but I, I just think. I just think Philly's just getting overlooked, and I think at this point in time, um, that's they're one of my upset picks, you know, going going on here early. So I'm just going to stick to that. Um, I think they have a strong back end bullpen that bounced back after a rough early start, and um, I think they can get the job done. That is another, that is another thing. thing. Back into the bullpen, seven, eight, nine for the Phillies. You know, you have uh, uh, Dominguez, Alvarado, and Robertson, and then the Cardinals. They have Giovanni Gallegos, but especially Ryan Helsley. I talked about how there's not many high-octane relievers this year. He's one of them, one of the very few where you can go. He's lights out an under-2 ERA, I think 1.66, uh, and a crazy strikeout rate. So another guy where you don't want to be down going into the ninth inning. But all right, next series, the one that starts at 4 o'clock tomorrow, Mariners at Blue Jays. Uh, this will be in Toronto. They got the home field advantage, which for this series is particularly important because I think if it was in Seattle – I'd be going Seattle slam dunk uh, because I think they're a better team uh, in terms of pitching. Uh, I don't – obviously not offensively. Pitching, no doubt. You you, you roll up um, Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert, whatever four you want to mix in, that's great. I mean, that is as good of a four as you can find. That bullpen is pretty decent too. I mean, they got Munoz out there throwing a 102 with the fastball. Uh, Chris Flexen out of the bullpen, given that length. Uh, they, they have a few other guys as well. I'm blanking on the names. But Julio Rodriguez is a superstar already. He came into the league. He, he is a 
guy that you build around. He's a guy that you thrive around energy-wise in the clubhouse. He's the guy. He's the leader already at such a young age. Jesse Winker came in. He didn't hit well. They still got Kyle Lewis out there playing. They got Mitch Haniger, Carlos Santana they added late. Um, I'm a little, you know, Ty France, second half, not that strong. But I think overall he was an all-star. He's a plus defender, 20 bombs. J.P. Crawford, pretty decent at shortstop. Not the best, but he does the job. But Eugenio Suarez, rebound season. He's now uh, went much better defensively. By Last year he was a negative seven, I believe, DRS. This year, negative one, and he brought back the the average a little bit with the power combined, and he's back to what closer to what he was in Cincinnati. So, and then Cal Raleigh behind the plate, two eleven average, twenty seven bombs out of absolutely nowhere, twenty five years old switch hitter. So, uh, State. Uh, oh wow, look at that FSU. Um, but yeah, uh, Seattle's good, but Toronto they need. Game one or game well, – obviously, they need game one. or No one can go down game two. For them, I think they need game one more than anyone because if you go Manoa, Gosman's your only shot. You got Ross Stripling in game three most likely. I don't like that. I don't like Ross Stripling. We, we, don't, we didn't even add him in fantasy, Rory. He's not even a fantasy guy, and he's thrown out game three. So, Vladdy, great year. Lourdes Gurriel should be back. George Springer, decent season. Bo Bichette. Terrible defensive season, minus 16 DRS. Uh, Matt Chapman, decent. Alejandro Kirk came out of you know, nowhere, really hat, hit with the defense. You would think with the body type, I mean, no offense that he wouldn't be a good defender, but he is. He's a plus defender, one of the best, actually, DRS-wise behind the plate. So this is close, but I still have Seattle because of the pitching. In three. Oi. Oi. <laughs> God. All right. Well, I think you have the prediction right in three. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the Blue Jays have enough offense. I think they have enough power to get it done. I think the offensive, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't say juggernaut, but I think they have enough run production that they've had all year. They can throw up a ten spot on, on anybody. Um, and I think the pitching, the first two games, you look at the matchups. Um, you know, you have Luis Castillo going out there in game one, and then you have Robbie Ray going out there in game two. Um, you know, Robbie Ray, 500 pitcher all year. Um, he kind of bounced back a little bit towards the second half of the year, but, and he struggled mightily in the beginning. Um, I think he had some command issues in the beginning. You know, he wasn't trusting his secondary stuff. Um, but I, I think a game one's huge in this series. I think if Seattle can, I think if they can grab game one, then you're playing with house money. Then, then you got them on the ropes. You got to make Toronto do some unorthodox things, you know, move some things around. Uh, and then game two becomes, obviously, it's a must win. Um, and you really have to throw all your guns out there, and you're, you're really pressing to win that game. But um, I, I just really like how Bichette was hitting the ball at the end of the year. Um, you know, Guerrero had a phenomenal season. Uh, you know, behind the plate, you had Kirk, who was, you know, a solid at bat. Um, and then you have Matt Chapman had a decent enough year. Um, George Springer and Teoscar Hernandez, you know, on the back end of that lineup. Um, I think Springer had a had a great year, played great defense. Um, I, I just I think they have experience now. Um, a young team a couple years ago that got bounced by the Rays in that three game set. I think they've learned from that experience, missing the playoffs last year, and, and now they're back. Um, so I think I'll take that learning experience. Uh, they'll take that, and I think they they can edge Seattle in a three game set. But you know, Seattle hasn't made it in 21 years. There's a this is another storyline we have on our hands. So I think it'll be a fun, exciting electric atmosphere. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but um, I'll take Toronto, um, you know, a little more experience in the postseason over uh, Seattle. I, uh, you guys have been right on. I, uh, if Seattle wins game one, there's no doubt in my mind that Robbie Ray is going out there and saying, hey, I just had a Cy Young year for you guys and you guys didn't pay me. I'm going out there, and I'm going to shove down your throat, and you could give me Seattle in two right there. That's if they win game one, and I don't know if this offense can get to Manoa. Uh, Manoa, is he, he's an interesting guy because I've seen him fail. I've seen him fail a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't know. Luis Castillo has been good. Um, I, I, I'm going to go bold here. Give me Seattle in two. 
Give me Seattle in two. Hello, drought buster. Let's go. Let's go. Shake hello, it up. Hello, drought buster. Give me Seattle in two. Uh, again, there's no doubt in my mind. If they win game one, Robbie Ray's going to be solid game two. I like it. I like I like the shove it attitude right there. I mean, Robbie Ray, too. I mean, Steve said he didn't have a great season. 3.71 ERA. The FIP didn't have a great numbers either. But, um, you know, making the Cy Young look like a fluke. I mean, they ch- and especially he'd be pitching against Gosman, who they chose to pay over him. So you're that's even added. OK, I'm going to beat the guy you paid over me, too. Um, so that would be really I mean, that would be crazy to see. Padres Mets. This, I think, is the most highly contested one uh, that I've seen a lot of people talking about. I, the, the Mets are going with an interesting strategy, which is one that I think the Phillies should go with as well. I, I actually like it. They're throwing Max Scherzer game one against you, Darvish. Their philosophy is if we win game one, we're going to throw Bassett game two, and we're going to save DeGrom for games one and five of the DS. And that's their, if they lose game one, obviously DuGron game two, and they take their chances game three and the elimination game. I feel like the Phillies should have done that. Zach Wheeler game one, Ranger Suarez game two. If you, uh, you know, it, if you, if you won game one, okay, you lose game two, but then you got Aaron Nolan in elimination instead of Ranger Suarez. It's something to think about. And it's interesting that the Mets are doing this. I also think City Field is one of the toughest places to play come playoff time. Uh, San Diego ain't ready. Uh, I, I think that they are so, they are a team that is very stuck in their in their own universe. I, I, it's a weird analysis, but they're very team oriented in the sense that they're cultured. They're very they have a lot of camaraderie, and I think that's going to doom them because I think they're overconfident and. and you know, very big personalities. I think if Tatis was still there, this is especially the case where there's a lot of big people and 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 they're a little bit too hyped. And 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 I know the Mets are hyped too, but the Mets have done it all year. They had 99 wins. The Padres didn't. They had parts of the regular season where they struggled. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I know it's it, a lot of people are struggling with this, but the way I look at it is, you give me Scherzer to Grom, two Hall of Famers. They're two of the top five pitchers in baseball. Darvish and Musgrove are good. Snell had a great second half. Um, Soto had a I, – I don't even know what to call his season. Bad second half, but if you still have a 405 OBP, I think Mark DeRosa said it best with Juan Soto. I don't pay you to walk, okay? I mean, his slug was like under 400 or right around like 390, 400. We're not paying you to walk. Uh, you're Juan Soto. You're a superstar. But, you know, you still got Drury. You still got Josh Bell with a bad second half, too, I guess. Ha Sung Kim, pretty good season. Cronenworth, Profar. They got people. Their bullpen's decent. But the Mets are just too loaded. I think they win, uh, it, honestly, in two. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the pitching for the Mets, I think, is just going to – overwhelm the Padres bats if I think if we're going to be brutally honest here um you know let, let's talk about the the epic collapse of the Mets real quick of how brutally bad that was to watch that was just I, not even a Mets fan I mean I know Jacob you probably enjoyed watching that that's the you know inner city rivalry there um but I, I mean Good night. I mean, ten and a half game lead. I know it was early on, but still, I mean, they were in the driver's seat for a majority of the season and, and couldn't find a way to put it away. Um, I, I think they'll be just fine, though. Um, I think ultimately, I think they get back um, to the. I think they get to the to the end here, and I think they will get their shot again at, at the Braves. But um, looking at this series, I, I just think Scherzer, Degrom, you know, to try to beat those two um, out of three, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it would take a grind of a game one to beat Scherzer, I think you're going to have to pitch it tight to the belt. You're going to have to keep it a, a, a one-run ball game. I think if the Mets score four or five runs, I think you can just box it up and just move on to game two. Um, and, you know, I think the, the Padres, I, I wouldn't overlook them. Um, I'm just not going to – I'm just not banking on Blake Snell to go out there and potentially, you know, let's see. You know, maybe they do go out there and throw uh, DeGrom out there in game two if they, if they drop game one. I don't see him. I don't see him losing to a Blake Snell matchup. 
But it would probably be Musgrove game two. They have Snell going in game two. Really? For, yeah, so Snell's going in game two, uh, backing up Darvish. So we'll wow. see. I mean, uh, you know, pressure situation. I mean, he's performed well, uh, you know, under the pressure um, in, in the postseason. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I still like the Padres' bats. I think that can keep him in it. Um, yeah, Profar, you know, Grisham, Juan Soto had a, I would say, okay year, you know, in terms of how he, he finished off in uh, in Washington. But um, he's a guy who shows up when the, when the moments, uh, you know, are bright. Um, you still have Hos- Hosmer, uh, Noah, Cronworth. Um, so I think, you know, they have some solid bats. And, you know, if they can work the counts deep, you know, make sure their work. I think they'll be just fine, but you know, I, I still think uh, the Mets take care of business. I'll have them in three. Uh, this is perfect. If the Mets do do their thing, I hope they get way too cute with it. That is that is something where you are, where you are getting way too cute if you're saving Degrom for Game Three, because uh, he's been so far from what I've known Degrom as. Listen to his last four starts and where he's lost. Uh, September twenty fifth. He gave up five earned runs through four innings against the Athletics. Dog shit team. Next game, gave up three runs in five innings to Pittsburgh. Dog shit team. Three runs, in, and then on September 13th, three runs in six innings, taking a loss against the Cubs. Those are three horrible fucking teams, and it, you're going to go play the Padres, who are a much better hitting team than those guys. And I would hope that they could at least prove that they're better than that. I don't really know with the Padres, but I want to face the Mets eventually. It would have to wait until the NLCS, which I don't think would happen. But uh, I really hope if there's one way they go down, it'd be that them getting way too cute and putting all their trust in Jacob deGrom and him just absolutely blowing it. Uh, and then the world would collapse. If the Mets lose, the world would collapse. It, it just simply would fall out of the sky. It, it, it would be so funny, and uh, that's exactly what I hope happens. I don't know if it will. Uh, I think I would take the Mets um, in the series, but it'd be, it, it'd be hilarious if that happened. It, it really would be. And, yeah, going back to Jacob's point early on, I think you hit around the head for these wild card series, too, as – the home field, I think, is going to play huge dividends in, in how the, these matchups are going to go. Um, you know, you look at these environments that most teams are playing in. I mean, you look at Toronto, City Field. Uh, I mean, even you go to, you know, to Bush Stadium and over in St. Saint, in Saint Louis. I mean, I, it just pretty tough environments to play in when, those, when the whole stadium is packed and, and, you know, everyone's against you. You know, the only thing that changes this game, too, you're switching dugouts or you're switching sides and you're the last team to bat, which – I don't take any account to that. But, um, you know, in this matchup, City Field, they're going to be rocking. They've been waiting for it to get back in, in playoff mode. Um, I think they're they're ready to kind of show everyone that that collapse, you know, wasn't who they were. And I think, you know, they had the chance to, to really redeem themselves. But, um, you know, like you said, Rory, I think the epitome of the Mets this season would be classic just to kind of try to toe the line. They go out there and they save DeGrom and he just goes out there and just lays an egg and, and the Padres go on their way. I think City Field might burn to the ground if if that happens. And they will they, they might just disband the franchise after that. Man, dude. Yeah, I'm not worried about that stretch of starts. I'm really not. I, I he's been the best pitcher in baseball for like five years. I like I just if it's a few starts where he was iffy and he was checked out playing at Oakland Coliseum where there's toilet water in the dugout. Like, I mean, I, I'm okay. Like, I'm a – The one I didn't DeGrom- say, the one I didn't say was the most recent one, in a playoff atmosphere, and he choked against the Atlanta Braves, giving up three runs and a loss. So, I mean, that's yeah. the actual big one. That's the most recent one. I didn't say that one because he did leave yeah. with a blister. But, I mean, uh, I don't know how much I believe the blister. Um, that's something that, like, Jake Arrieta would say after a bad loss while I had a blister. Uh <laughs> But I mean, I it's uh, <laughs> the only thing better than that would be Edwin Diaz losing it at City Field. That'd be the only oh, better thing. Come out to the trumpets. <laughs> come out to the trumpets. Juan Soto takes you deep. Two fifty hitter uh, Juan Soto. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, two forty. Yeah, but uh, oh my god, that would be the. <laughs> uh, 
That that would be great, though. I mean, a Mets choke job in the NLC wild card series to open it up would be great. Uh, but the last thing to end it here, uh, I've been thinking about this. This is what I think it's going to take a few years. We can't just say one year, however these teams do. This is going to be our opinion of whether this is the case. But are the bye weeks going to end up being an advantage or a disadvantage for these teams? These starting pitchers are used to every fifth day. These hitters are used to every single day. Like, for me, as a fan, I'd be like, get me in there tomorrow. I'm pumped myself to watch four playoff games tomorrow. None of them are the Yankees. I guarantee you everyone in that Yankee clubhouse would want to play tomorrow. But you have to have some sort of advantage, quote-unquote, if you're going to have the expanded playoffs. This is just going to have to be the case. But it, I think it's going to end up being detrimental. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, it's going to be an experiment. I mean, I think you look at it two ways here. Uh, I mean, if I'm if I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm the Dodgers or I'm I'm the Astros, you know, two top teams in the league, and even you look at all the teams. I mean, high powered offenses, pitchers that were grooving towards the end, and now you're going to have an extended time off. Um, I think you're going to see it pay dividends early on in a series. And you look at it too. It's, these aren't seven game series. The DS is a five game sprint to the finish, and every game matters. Not that every game in a seven game series doesn't matter, but game one, the, the trophy isn't coming out that night, or you, the, that team's not advancing. So you look in a five game set, you take game one, you're playing with house money. Now you go out and you win game two, you have that series in an absolute stranglehold. So I think we'll see what happens here in this wild card series. A team gets hot. You, know, you look at a team like the Phillies, or you look at a team like Toronto, who, whose bats can get hot. Even a team like the Rays, who, as much as they've struggled lately down the stretch, who knows, maybe the bats come alive, they have good enough pitching, they can go on a little run, and now they catch either the Yankees sleeping, and now you can't just flip a switch. Baseball is one of those you can't just go out there and just magically just have it one day. It's a game of habits. It's a game of just absolutely just repetition. And I think – like you mentioned, Jacob, hitters are used to, you know, being out there seeing live pitching every single day. You can only practice so much. Um, and I think that'll be very – it'll be very interesting to see how it all shakes out with will there be rust, rest over rust. And, you know, I think we'll, we'll see how it all plays out here in the next, you know, you know two days. So um, we'll see. I think it's too hard to tell. I mean, I really, I really do think it's too hard to tell early on. But um, – I think it'll pay dividends early on for teams that are, are continuing to play um, into the next round. Yeah, what about you, Rory? Uh, I... Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I just got an important text. I wasn't listening. You could cut this. What, what did he just say? We, we were talking about uh, – uh, um, what minute mark is this? 43? Okay. We were talking about um, – yeah, no, I mean, it's the Houston Astros played us uh, in the final series, and they threw Verlander and Fromber Valdez to get their, uh, in the final two starts of the season, to get get their innings. And uh, they limited them, which is what I think you should do. But I mentioned it last week on, on this podcast. It's totally different. It's totally different. Fantasy baseball, if you have a bye, I have not seen anyone win coming out of the bye. Uh, you're just out of it. For some reason, you're just out of the game. You're just you're not the same when you come back out of it. I just won the fantasy baseball when I didn't have the buy for the second year in a row because I was you had to stay in it. And uh, I think it's the same thing here. You come out a little you come out a little soft when you're they haven't played in a little bit. And what you're only going to be seeing BP, uh, maybe some simulated innings from some scrubs. It's it's a completely different atmosphere. And then you go out and you're playing in home. You're trying to back it up. Uh, it's it is tough, and I could see teams – I could see a certain team, like, maybe just choking a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's the Astros. I don't think it's – I don't think it's uh, the Yankees. It's um, the Yankees. You think – I don't think – I don't think it's the yeah. Astros or the Dodgers. I think it could be – I think it could be the Yankees or the Braves. It, it's the, the Yankees that, – that, it's detrimental to them specifically because Stanton was bad the whole year. He hit 211, and he – Finally, started hitting the ball hard in the final series of the year, and now it's like he's off till Tuesday. I mean, like 
he could be missing 95 down the middle on Tuesday. Like the, he, his hot streaks are so finite that you have to catch it at the right. I'm worried about Stanton, uh, Donaldson. It, I mean, I don't know why they're starting. He had 222 with an under 700 OPS, but it's because LeMay, you can't walk right now. They don't have a third baseman. So it's like, I'm scared for them because, I mean, you got a shortstop in IKF that, again, another underset. The Yankees are the most overrated team. In the, that's for next week's pod because uh, we could go for another. Uh, Steve's laughing because we could go for another half hour on this. But next week I'll be firing on the Yankees. They, they are in trouble. I don't like them off a of buy at all. I, I don't know. I, I, like the, I like the play it low and then – results happen then you're like all right you know you know low expectations high reward here i don't know i just have a different feeling with the yankees team this year i think they've kind of they tempered their expectations and they and, and they lived up to it uh, they won the division like they were supposed to they didn't let a, a subpar raised team overtake them you know for a while there it looked like either toronto or tampa was going to catch up to them but i think they rode that wave of adversity that they dealt with you know end of july early august kind of gutted it up they figured it out and they got quality pitching they got the quality hitting they got runners on base and their pair the players that they paid the most money to do their job came through the judges the donaldson's um, rizzo finally came back and they got results and I, I think if that can carry over into the postseason I, I think they'll be a dangerous team I, I really do I think they have a, a legitimate chance to, to do something you know make a deep run uh, they're one of my teams that I have going pretty deep in the postseason this year um, and so going with you know that law it brings me to this question you know it's do you think now that there's this play in wild card series do you think that the DS should be moved to seven games or do you think it should stay five games Oh, that's a great question. I haven't even thought about that. I mean, that's really tough. I mean, because you're talking about now you have to ask those teams to battle through three, and you're asking a team with an advantage to sit back for a week and then try and win a five-game series, which, like you said a few minutes ago, I mean, you lose game one, then another team was that's a chokehold on the series. That would at least be a little more settling for me. Like, if the Yankees were coming off a bye to go into a seven – then that early start that I'm worried about, you have that time to get over it. Five games you don't. So I, that's interesting. I, I, I wonder if they ever consider that. Well, you're all, you you got to think. Mathematically, you're playing eight games in ten days. And that's just that's just taxing. It really is. Yeah. I think it, it shouldn't start so early. The DS should not start as early as it is. Uh, you got to give – if you're having a three-game series, especially if it goes three, you got to give them a break. Uh, you got to give them like at least a two day break. Let, let, you can build up the hype, whatever. But eight games in ten days is just so it's so taxing on a team coming off of 162 games. Uh, the entire season, it's it's almost undoable. You make it impossible. You make it improbable. Uh, so it's uh, totally an advantage for the team that is you know getting that break. But I mean, you know, come out flat, you come out flat, and uh, maybe some teams get upset. But it is. Very hard for the underdog team, for sure. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, it, we'll see how it all plays out, you know, with the rest and who who's going to have the advantage. And, and I think you look at last year, I, 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 keep, I use the Rays as an example. You look at a team that won 100-plus games, gets the DS series, and now, you know, you get knocked off in four, in, in four games. Uh, you know, that, to me, kind of raised, posed the question was like, all right, this new format comes, and... I think the teams that won the division, I think they should get rewarded with a seven-game series. That's just me personally because I think it allows the better team to ultimately get to the finish line, and it creates the best matchups of the best teams that get there. Um, but like you said, Rory, I mean, eight games – or is it eight games in ten days? Is that what the – you know, that would, how it would play out? That's just – you're asking bullpens to be taxed and taxed and taxed, and I think – uh, good teams that have that rest will ultimately pounce on that. But I think that's the reward of winning the division. You know, the teams that have to play in the wild card, it is what it is. So um, I'm excited. I, I love the format. I think it gives teams a chance um, versus that one and dumb bullshit where it's just you play 162 games and your season's decided by, you know, one bad pitch or, or one error. Um, so I'm excited. You know, we're, we're back to meaningful baseball and, 
you know, we'll wait and see at 12 o'clock tomorrow what happens. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. Playoff baseball is here. We'll have another pod after the wild card series previewing the divisional. Before we get out of here, Rory, you got something to say? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm working, I'm training now, you know, 9 to 5. Philly's first playoff game in 11 years, 2 o'clock. They can't expect me to be fully paying attention, right? <laughs> Come on. Like, I, no. I'm going to – I'm going <laughs> to – they can't do that to me. I, I I can't not watch it. Yeah, what are you doing? I'm not going to work tomorrow. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm in an appointment at the DMV tomorrow, and I'm going to be working remote. One o'clock meeting comes on. I'm going to be sitting here on my couch. Ray's game's going to be on, and it, uh, this is—it's too meaningful. It's too long of a season for me to miss these games. It could be a quick two games. We'll see. But you know, I'm just excited to see them on you know national TV playing some meaningful baseball again, and. You know, we'll see what happens. I'm just, you know, glad they have a good enough team to be there and to make the postseason. So we're, we're we're not missing this. We're not missing it. Will MLB at bat have the uh, will MLB uh, at bat have the games going? Will I be able to stream it on MLB TV? You'll be able to do uh, watch ESPN. Oh man! Well, it's on ABC. Yeah, and no, I guess ESPN owns ABC, right? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. will all be on that app. Yeah. I just hope uh, MLB Network doesn't get a game because they, they're blacked out. Uh, we don't get them. I'll have to do a little bootleg streamies. Interesting. I don't know if my Wi-Fi is going to be able to handle it, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. <laughs> all righty, guys. We'll be texting tomorrow. We'll be tweeting out all day. Playoffs are here. It was a great time with you guys. Yankees, Rays, Phillies all in. We'll see how they do. Uh, we'll be back for Strictly Baseball next week after the Wild Card Series. We just did, CJ and I, uh, it was uploaded in unison with this pod, uh, our Strictly Sports, going over the NFL and college football from the last two weeks. Uh, we also just did Strictly Hockey, previewing the NHL season last week, uh, and that's starting up really soon. Steve, our Lightning and Rangers opening night, of course, had to be that way. Um, and, uh, yeah, Steve will come on for some hockey takes as the season goes on, too. And you can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P, on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Podbean as well. For Rory Tedimer and Stephen Cashin, I'm Jacob Brown, and we will see you next week.